Talent Economy is a publication of Human Capital Media. For more coverage, visit talenteconomy.io. Also, subscribe to Talent 10X on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or TuneIn. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Talent 10X, the go-to podcast for business leaders looking to improve their talent strategies. I'm your host, Lauren Dixon, Senior Editor over at Talent Economy. Joining me is Sean Bachelia. He is Operating Partner at Sterling Partners Education Opportunity Fund, which is an investment arm of Sterling Partners that focuses on investments in lifelong learning. Sean is also founder of Scout Exchange, a search firm management software company and leader of Talent 25, a private members-only group of executives in corporate talent acquisition. Thank you so much for joining me, Sean. Thank you, Lauren. Great to be here. To start out, could you share a bit of an overview of your very impressive career and what led to your interest in talent acquisition? Yeah, no problem. It's, so I've been, a, uh, I guess, a four-time CEO over the last uh, 20-some years, different types of companies. I, I started in marketing and advertising back in uh, you know, the late 90s. And then my first talent or human capital company was with William Blair uh, Ventures here in Chicago with a staffing firm, frankly. Uh, and then after that, I moved into a, a number of different technology platforms that serviced you know, talent acquisition and uh, human capital in general. So I, I guess I, I wasn't planning on getting into it back when I first did three companies ago. But once I, once I got into it, there's so many needs and, and so many things that are changing just over the last 10 years, five years, and even five months about talent acquisition and uh, you know, what's happening in that landscape. So it's a great market, and it's been wonderful people and, and learning a lot about the, the leadership uh, within talent acquisition at the, uh, you know, the Fortune 500. Sure. And speaking of that leadership, I'm very interested in Talent 25, the members-only group of executives that you have. Could you tell our audience a bit more about that and what led you to create this group, as well as what you think the executives gain from the membership? Sure. Well, first of all, I guess it's been running about three years. Talent 25 stands for 25 members of this group. Initially, it was designed to be a group of uh, talent acquisition leaders at the Fortune 500 and bringing the best around the table. And then it morphed into uh, more of a council for thought leadership and for uh, issues at hand at talent acquisition. Uh, and that's, that's kind of where it is today and, and where it's ending up. The genesis of, of putting this together is I spent so much time with a lot of the talent acquisition leaders uh, directors, VPs, and you know EVPs and above at very large corporations. And as we sat in conversations, you know, talking about the technology that I was representing, and we got beyond that, you know, we realized that being in talent acquisition is is a lonely spot because you're you're straddling between both uh, the business, the businesses, and the executives, but also within HR. And what what happened was is that when I talked it up about being lonely and there's not a, it's not a great place to, uh, you know, get a lot of information because there's a lot of pressure on these individuals to attract and retain talent. Um, I got a lot of head nodding. So I had the idea of putting together a group of people 
named a T25. We met twice a year. Uh, I can tell you more about that if, if you're interested a bit later. But it was really about bringing them together. Uh, it didn't start at 25 people. Uh, originally, it started, I think, at eight, and then it got up to a high of 23 members and a pretty strict two-day agenda around it that allowed them to not only gather and, and talk about issues, but also uh, you know, meet each other and share best practices. Awesome. And I, I feel like that'd be really valuable for them to meet across companies and to share those best practices. What do you think the executives are discussing now? And what do you think they should be and will be talking about in the coming years? First, we brought in other CEOs of large companies to talk about their view of talent acquisition. Seldom uh, do talent acquisition leaders to you know get to hear other CEOs' perspective of their thoughts uh, on talent acquisition and their needs and how it aligns with the business. We also brought in government officials, you know, from mayors to governors, you know, of states to talk about what's happening the government side or the employment side. So uh, a lot of it was talking about trends of, of what's happening. And, and, you know, then after that, they would talk about techs and strategies and employment engagement, uh, the future role of talent acquisition, and, you know, even the career paths of their own reports of, you know, what's the career path of a recruiter? What's the career path of uh, an individual that's in talent acquisition? So that was then. And then, then was, you know, a year ago. And I think what's changed and what they're talking about now is, you know, we're living almost in zero unemployment, certainly in skilled labor, and we're certainly living in negative unemployment in certain categories, let's say, as, as technology or, or development or engineering. So the fear is not only uh, attracting talent, but that's becoming really, really hard to do, and it's harder and harder. But the other issue is about retention. Retention is becoming a huge issue right now. Uh, you're seeing corporate universities being developed by uh, Boeing, the Bank of America, to Google. And the corporate universities are the existing talent and new talent into the culture with the hopes that if they truly understand the immersion, there'll be higher retention rates, which means less talent acquisition in a super competitive market. They also probably are uh, you know, looking out the current unemployment and current situation, which is great, by the way, in some ways for the employees. They're also looking out and, and discussing, you know, where does talent acquisition report? Uh, right now it reports into HR, but there's a lot of talk and a lot of discussion about moving it into marketing. And the reason for that is that talent acquisition, or if you think about the role of talent acquisition, uh, they're the chief storyteller in a company. They're the chief, you know, crafter of not only the brand, but the story of engagement, you know, being there. So there's a lot of discussion about possibly being in, uh, you know, where they actually should report to in a large corporation. That's really interesting. I hadn't heard about moving talent acquisition into marketing. It makes a bit of sense because there's the employee value proposition and people have to be able to search and find those job postings and the messaging of why you should work for a certain company. What do you think will be the future of potentially moving talent acquisition into marketing? Well, you know what? You put a, a number of talent acquisition folks in a room or a table and you say what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them get, a lot of get head nodding, like, oh my gosh, that's, that's right. We would love to be there. But until I think, you know, maybe the CHRO 
or even management realizes exactly what you said, which is there's so much that has to happen from search to advertising, to keyword, to the brand, to the story, to the value propositions. The list goes on and on. And if you add up the list of what they're doing, it's really marketing the company. And it's kind of having them have the realization that, you know what, it is marketing. And, uh, you know, the folks in talent acquisition could be there. We're not saying or suggesting that benefits or other general HR functions move into marketing. But talent acquisition is a sole practice. You know, there's some discussion around that as well. Awesome. Yes. And what do you wish that the folks in your T25 group would discuss more? And what is something that you think executives need to worry about more? I think there's two things actually they should talk about. So I'll take them in, in two, and they're entirely different. One is just the technologies that are out there. There's been consolidation and kind of the, the noise has been settled down, but they're very much struggling with, you know, which is the right technology, which is going to help us with our current situation and, and you know, which is going to scale with our needs. And I think if there was more of a scorecard or benchmarking along, you know, a standardized scorecard or benchmarking for them to meet the needs, it would help both the vendors, but it would also help certainly the talent acquisition executives. The, the second thing that uh, I believe they're, they're, that they should be talking about more is if, you know, and it's pretty binary, meaning if there's very low unemployment and you look out, you know, understanding the CEO's business objectives of what they have to execute, they need additional talent to do that. And the talent is becoming more and more skilled. And because it's becoming more and more skilled, there has to be a greater, I guess, effort between higher education, perhaps, and those type of skills that are needed. And not everybody is a professional that they recruit. They, they recruit folks in factories, folks that are in the front line, and uh, those skills need to be developed, and, and they need to figure out a way to work with those types of organizations that certify or those types of organizations that provide that skilling for their employees and new employees. And I also think they're going, and they should talk about more uh, of you know, how to solve that problem because it's, it's a big problem. Because if we get to the point where we can't have the skilled labor, you know, the management of the company aren't able to ex- execute their business objectives, which is going to be, you know, a huge issue that would trickle down to stock prices and many other things as well. Definitely. Yes. Uh, having the right talent with the right skills is the thing that's going to impact the business because people do that work. Absolutely. It's, it's a big issue. So what have you personally learned from this group and what advice would you give executives who are hoping to improve their talent acquisition strategies? I, I learned that the folks in talent acquisition are, are lonely <laughs> and they're very thirsty to you know, share best practices and learn. I mean, they, they have something in their DNA about learning, believe it or not, meaning learning about how to do things better or, or to take best practices from other companies. So I, I, I think... Uh, that was one of my ta- takeaways was kind of affirming what I thought. And then the second takeaway was that, you know, they're very thirsty. I mean, they're very thirsty in a sense of learning and, and understanding and sharing amongst each other best practices. And what advice I would give those to impl- improve their talent acquisition strategies. One is don't rely solely on technology solving all your problems. I think that's going to be the first thing. I mean, a lot of them that are looking for the silver bullet 
to solve their talent acquisition problems. And it's just not going to be that way because I think the talent acquisition problem that we're facing now and in the future is a pretty complex one with employment and skilling and, you know, the talent pools that are being out there. So I, I think they need to be encouraged to be a little bit more creative in their thinking, not necessarily, you know, I'm going to say, you know, strategic in their thinking, but more creative in their thinking to surround the problem, which is the, these talent pools that are small and everybody's competing for the same, same type of talent, believe it or not. And then the second would probably be, it, it, though as talent acquisition is in the title, I would think about the strategies, in this case, around talent retention. Because if they could reduce it, you know, from an 18 and a half to 19 percent, which is the standard right now, down to 17 or 16 percent, you know, that's thousands of people that have to be recruited. So I think they're going to start. We're going to start seeing a big focus on that. I like that advice. You you said don't rely on technology to solve problems. Get creative in your thinking and think about strategy around retention. I think that's really good. So thank you for highlighting those. My pleasure. Learned a lot from them. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time and insights with me, Sean. I really appreciate it. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Check back next week for more stories and more podcasts. Thank you so much. Bye.